You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave and we are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Oh yeah, you got that right, my friend. <laughs> Excellent. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. In today's episode, we'll take a look back at one of, if not the best football weekends ever. We'll cut oh, up yeah. the divisional games and find out what the hell happened. Another coaching <laughs> vacancy that has opened up that many folks might not have seen coming. A possible tweak to the playoff overtime rules. And of course, a preview of conference championship weekend but dave before we get to all that let's get started with the tasty nug no dave i need more than a nug bro <laughs> this is conference championship weekend why don't you bring a whole fat sack all right let me spill it out over the past 13 seasons casey five teams have gone from last place in their division to the conference championship games the following year man that includes the bengals and the 49ers from this year dude crazy crazy oh man that is why we love the NFL so much, Dave. There's always hope. Yeah, dude. With the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, it's always there for us. Cincinnati playing for the for the birth in the Super Bowl. That means 75% of the league, the 24 out of the 32 teams, have played for a trip to the Super Bowl. They've gone to the conference championship in the last 12 seasons. It's almost oh, all the teams, Casey. 75%. I know. I know a couple that haven't been there, though. That oh, and it pains me. Oh, Dave. Yes. For a 17th consecutive season, the NFL will have a new Super Bowl champion, extending the longest streak without a repeat winner in league history. The last team to win back-to-back uh, -back was the 2003-2004 uh, New England Patriots, Dave. So there's always hope. Yep, that is right, man. That's why we love the league. For the third consecutive season, the NFL has a team in the conference championship game that didn't even win its division, including, oh, yeah, Tom Brady and the Bucks last year. <laughs> How about Tennessee in 19? Seven teams, Casey, including the Buccaneers last season, have won the Super Bowl as a wild card. So just get in. You got yourself a chance. Get in a tournament. That's what they say, bro. <laughs> All right, we've been watching the uh, coaching carousel for the last couple of weeks, but uh, a surprising name popped up this week. Yeah, out of nowhere, uh, it seemed obviously from the outside, but uh, certainly Sean Payton resigning as the head coach of New Orleans. Uh, that gives nine head coaching jobs available at this point. No coaches hired yet, Casey. Yeah, it seems like the teams are chilling out a little bit, uh, taking a little longer time with the process. Dave, I'm told that Jarrah's got his bat phone with a call right out to Sean Payton. He's just going to pay him to sit out this year just in case it goes south of Big Mike next year. And then uh, there's been a lot of smoke there the last few seasons about uh, Jarrah's, how enamored he is with Sean Payton. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because he no is question. still – on the contract for two years for the Saints. So it would take some compensation. It certainly he, would to, 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 to pry him out of there, Casey. And, you know, I'm wondering about this, uh, the the lack of uh, a flurry for coaching hires right now. Is it that there's no sexy candidates that are sort of separating themselves from the, from the rest of the pack? Uh, it seems like everybody's interviewing everybody. Uh, are we waiting for the teams that are uh, still playing uh, to, to, uh, to, for those coaches to come available? Uh, for a more serious consideration, uh, our team's just taking more time with the, one of the most important things that a franchise could possibly do. 
Yeah, it's either getting a rehash from an older guy that's been there forever, or you're yeah. getting one of these young up-and-comers that's Hot never shot. done it on the biggest level. So uh, we'll see how that plays out in the next few weeks. But, Dave, this is being dubbed the best uh, weekend ever of football, the divisional <laughs> round. Yeah. And, I mean, it was pretty damn bonkers, so I can't argue that. I would have to go back, but I think uh, that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, in the four games, Casey, the margin of victory was a combined 15 points. That's the lowest for a divisional playoff weekend in league history. The previous low was 18 in 2006. So a combined 15-point margin of victory for four games. Wow, they were tight. Yeah, dude, and for the first time ever, all four of those divisional games were decided by a winning score on the final play of the, of the game. That's the most in a single post time, uh, postseason all-time and during the regular season, dude, we had 34 games uh, that were decided by a winning score on the final play. That's the most in league history. So the postseason is repping what the regular season did, and we love it. No doubt. And also, Casey, first time since 2010, both number one seeds failed to advance to the conference championship game. We, When we switched from uh, two, two teams in each conference getting a bye to just one, many uh, argued that it was too big of an advantage for that single team uh, getting the buy in in this case clearly it was not all that advantageous for those two number one seats yeah you know the titans come out and score 16 points and the uh you know the pack come out and score 10 points so maybe that buy was a you know hindering i don't know yeah but dave was anybody watching <laughs> well casey <laughs> i'm gonna tell you who was watching nearly half of all americans that were using a tv during the weekend's games during any of those four games 49.3 percent of them we're watching the NFL games. So that's the highest share on record for the divisional round in history, man. You know, I know I was watching the equalizer and reruns of blue bloods, <laughs> but you know, what, I'll just catch them on the, you know, next week, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. The four games uh, averaged 38.2 million viewers per game. So pretty impressive turnout for the fan groups. Oh, yeah, man. The NFL reigns supreme over everything. So, Dave, we just mentioned how close these games were and how they went at the end. So I have a question for you. What the hell happened? Cincinnati at Tennessee. The Bengals win 1916. What the hell happened? Yeah, dude. And, and this was a, a pretty awesome game. It, by, by the score, you would think it was the type of score that Tennessee would really like and probably win because they know how to win those tight games. Um, and the Bengals were looking to just blow the score up. But Cincinnati overcame nine sacks by the Titans. Unbelievable wow. uh, for Joe Burrow. And, and additionally, not only that, did he just overcome them? He threw for 348 yards. But um, so they overcame that. But the Titans really were unable to overcome Tannehill's three picks. There was a pick on the first play from scrimmage that kind of got him in, you know, in a little hole there, set yeah. the, the Bengals up. Uh, the last pass that Tannehill threw was picked off that setup the game-winning field goal, and the pick in between oh. was a first-down pick right around the nine-yard line um, that if they obviously could have any of those picks back, it changes the outcome probably in Tennessee's favor. But um, they just couldn't overcome their own mistakes in this one, Casey. Yeah, dude, this is the game they want to do. They want to pose their physical will on it, keep it close enough so they can take it over at the end. It looks like that was what was going to happen there until that costly costly Tannehill interception at the end and you mentioned those nine sacks on Burrow he didn't exasperate it by throwing some crazy interception or or fumbling mm -hmm. he just took it and they 
they played smart football. They took the field goals when they were there, Dave, and yep. uh, they got out of there with a three-point win. No question, dude. All right. Up next, Casey, San Francisco took on the Packers in Lambeau. 49ers win 13-10. to 10. What the hell happened, dude? Dude, a whole bunch of this San Fran defense. The Cowboys took a beating <laughs> last week for losing yep. to this team, but it seems like that defense took another step. I mean, they were hassling Aaron Rodgers all night. They knocked A.J. Dillon out of this game, which was brutal, and uh, they just kept it a close slugfest, and then they exposed the biggest weakness on the Packers this year, which was their special teams, uh, mm. right before halftime blocking that field goal after what looked like a Terrible Jimmy G mistake. The interception, they get down there in field goal range. They block that field goal. No harm, no foul. And then yep. late in this game, Packers up by seven. A blocked punt returned for a touchdown, Dave. Yowza. <laughs> you know, and when yeah. this game was all tied up, I was like, hmm, if one of these teams had a, a MVP caliber quarterback to go down and win this game with just a few minutes left, oh, the Packers have that. But Aaron Rodgers could not get it done. You know who did? Jimmy G. Yeah, the guy they're trying to run out of town for a rook, right? Yeah. <laughs> just got to be impressed the guts this guy has shown. And I think yeah. that team generally, his teammates love him. You know, he might be the not be the flashiest or the best, but when the money is on the line, he's out there getting it. So very impressed with what he did. His win-loss record tells the story, man. When he's healthy, he wins. That's right. All, All right, right, Casey. Up, up next, so, it was the Los Angeles Rams. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rams win this one 30 to 27. What the hell happened in this game, dude? I don't know, bro. This thing was 20 to 3 at halftime. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, there was that Cam Akers right before halftime that didn't get it to 27. And then, yeah, you're right. Brady did his thing. And, right. uh, you know, he didn't have a great game. He had to throw 54 times. They didn't run the ball all that much, but they, they were able to execute when they needed it on the offensive side of the ball. Amazing comeback. Brady got these guys back in this thing. I know. And it looked like it was going to be headed to overtime. But uh, nobody told the Tampa Bay defense that Cooper Cup uh, <laughs> was going to make a couple plays on them late. Oh, and the right. defender falls down on that last Rams drive. You tackle them and bounce. It's going to overtime, and they just couldn't do it. Man, I'll tell you, what a game and what what an amazing almost comeback by Tom Brady. That guy can seriously will a team to victory. But congrats to uh, to the Rams and yeah. bringing in Stafford seems to have been uh, exactly what they were hoping for, man. Yeah, I overcame four turnovers, man. Impressive. I hadn't seen the Rams show a ton of guts so far this year. They brought their own guts on Sunday, man. Yeah, that couldn't run the ball man. really. Couldn't really run the ball, Casey, but uh, found a way to to put up enough points to, to beat that uh, Buccaneers team. Yeah. All right, Dave. And then finally, the last game, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs win 42-36. to 36. Dave, what the <laughs> hell happened? <laughs> well, we were cruising along having a nice, you know, easygoing kind of a football game when uh, late, late, late in the fourth quarter, chaos broke out, and both teams scored 25 points in about two-minute stretch. Uh, three lead changes at that time. A total of 28 points were scored in the fourth quarter, uh, but most of them right there at the end looked like the Bills had the victory when they hit when uh, Josh Allen, who played a phenomenal game, hit uh, Gabe Davis in the end zone with under two minutes left. But sure enough, that's plenty of time 
for Patrick Mahomes and company. They rally and, and answer that score and take the lead. Then the Bills seems like it's destiny. They've got plenty of time. They drive down the field, a 75-yard drive. They hit Gabe Davis again for his fourth touchdown of the game. Wow. Just 13 seconds left. It's over, right? Yeah, Wrong. Baby. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. They made a tactical error, I think, for the coaches and the special teams for the um, for the Bills kicking the ball into the end zone instead of squib kicking it. There was only 13 seconds left, and the Chiefs got the ball at the 25 and in two plays set up a Harrison Bucker field goal to put it into overtime. It was uh, I guess probably sickening to any Bills fan out there, as sickening as any Super Bowl loss probably was, the feeling that you get after this game. And then when the Chiefs win the coin toss, they just mow down the field 75 yards and score the game-winning touchdown uh, in the corner of the end zone there to Kelsey. Um, an unbelievable football game. Uh, but Casey, just it's kind of... I feel a little empty at the end that the Bills... Uh, didn't get a chance to go back out there. Josh Allen, the season he had, it was literally, literally like two straight phenomenal, flawless football games, and and he's out of the playoffs. Yeah, dude, I guess the Bills didn't know that tails never fails because they lost the, the coin flip, and that was it. And you mentioned Josh Allen, dude, more touchdowns than incompletions in the postseason, which is Crazy. insane and never heard of. But that leads us to talk, dude. I, I know people have been saying it. All week, the NFL, do they need to change their overtime rule? It doesn't need to be crazy, bro, but I need to see both teams with at least one possession. Yeah, and Casey, I was kind of on the other side. I liked the sudden deathness of the initial drive, um, and so I was on board with that. But I've seen it too many times now where um, a team that – I just feel like they they need another try at it. They need that other shot at it. No matter what happens on that opening possession, if it's a punt, uh, a turnover, a field goal, a touchdown, I still want the other team to get the ball in their hands and then see where we're at after both teams have had a possession. Yeah, absolutely, dude, because as we've seen the last 10 years or so, we've had a lot of situations where it's both teams don't get a shot. You know, um, yeah. 2010, when the Saints and the Vikings played Favre's last game, dramatic game, gets to overtime, Saints come down, kick a field goal. Favre's last game, he doesn't even take the field in overtime. So the NFL said, wait a minute, if you only get a field goal on your first possession, then the game <laughs> extends. We need to extend that rule a little bit because that was a field goal, but other games have been touchdowns and they're you know, they're ruining great games. Yeah. And the NFC championship game in 15, Casey, the Seahawks beat the Packers in a similar scenario, getting the, uh, winning the overtime, uh, coin flip and then driving down the field and scoring a walk-off touchdown, Russell Wilson hitting Jermaine curse in that one. So another example of, wouldn't you have liked to have seen, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers back out there on the field again? Oh yeah, dude. As like when they were playing the, the Cardinals in the divisional round and, Aaron Rodgers had that Hail Mary at the end of regulation to get it into overtime when he was the league MVP, and then he doesn't get to touch the ball because the cards went down there and scored game over. I would like to see the league MVP, you know, get a go in overtime. Yeah, sounds reasonable enough. And, I mean, did it happen again, Casey, in the Super Bowl with the Patriots completing their masterful comeback against the Falcons by winning that coin flip in overtime, driving down the length of the field, and scoring the game-winning touchdown. 
So it's just, it's happened too many times, I think, for me to not flip over to see the other side of this equation and say, hey, both teams need to touch the football, dude. Yeah, I know. It was just a couple of years ago when the Patriots are playing the Chiefs and Mahomes got the Chiefs back and he didn't get to touch it in overtime. Too many league MVPs not at getting the ball at least once in overtime. Just one possession each. If you, you know, you don't get it, then we yeah. can move forward. So and, it's and like going back to this week's game, Casey, I mean, which football fan out there besides Chiefs fan would have would wouldn't have wanted to see Josh Allen take the field one more time and see what happens? Yeah, well, you just saw it. one of the best postseasons ever. and We don't even get to see him get a shot. I mean, it was just a shocker. It was a, it was a punch in the gut, man. Yeah. You know, and the NFL gets most things right. So I'm assuming there's going to be a lot more conversation about this. And I don't see the harm in that, you know, give them both. And then we can move forward and everybody can be happy. So um, yep. it's one last week. All right, Dave. Um, one of the teams in the conference championship are Los Angeles Rams. They've had the, uh, you know, the plan moving forward. We don't need draft picks. We need players right now. <laughs> yep. They went out and got OBJ and they are now sitting in the conference championship game. Yeah, Casey. And, and there's no question when OBJ made it clear that he was um, getting himself out of Cleveland and he was hitting the eject button on that situation. He was done with that, that he was seeking a team that was in position to go to the playoffs to showcase his talent. He knew what he was doing there, signing a short-term contract to play for that squad. He cleared through waivers, didn't, so nobody had to give up any draft picks to acquire him. And all he had to do was, you know, sweet talk him a little bit and, and show him, here's how we see you fitting. Other teams could have done this, Casey, and it was the Rams that stepped up and got, and got this done. And it's yeah. You know, on Saturday night, the Packers, other than Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard had one catch. That was the only other receiver to touch the football. And then you look at those Buccaneers, they definitely could have used OBJ against the Rams. Instead, he got used against <laughs> them, dude. So, Double um, whammy. <laughs> yeah, I know Brady could have used some help there. So, uh, you know, good on him. He got to choose where he wanted to go. But these other teams, man. They're sitting home watching the rest of the game, so they might uh, want to rethink that or go back in time if they could do their fantasy go back. Start to the <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one would certainly make uh, make it onto some of these squads. They they obviously didn't need him at the time. Bruce Arians had already had a B. He didn't need OBJ. It's too many letters. Yeah, LFG, <laughs> LFG. Oh man. Oh, oh man. So so brutal. But Dave. Um, let's go ahead and flip this a little bit. We talked about it last week. The trend is in the zone and it is good as the charity continues. Yeah. Chiefs fans, Casey, inspired by the fundraising spirit of the Bills Mafia uh, from last week, they decided to uh, turn their team's big overtime win into a positive for the Buffalo community, raising 178,000 bucks wow. for Children's Hospital. Uh, as of Wednesday morning. So I'm sure conceivably that's still going up, Casey. It was a little clever how they donated in increments of 13. <laughs> Not sure what the significance of that is, Casey. Perhaps the uh, 13 seconds. Uh, yeah. Well, to get that tied up. You know, you got to take those donations. It's going for a good cause. So right. a little sting to it. But uh, I know yep. that the, the Buffalo Children's Hospital definitely appreciates it. All right, Dave. That's good. All this stuff has been great, but nothing yep. is greater than conference championship weekend, dude. And Woo. we are talking the hosts, 
with the most, bro. Our Los Angeles Rams are the first team to host the conference championship game in the stadium that will also host the Super Bowl in the same postseason. Wow. And the Kansas City Chiefs, they're the first team ever to host four consecutive conference championship games, Dave. Let's get it started in the AFC, bro. No doubt about it, dude. Uh, fired up? I'm pumped for this How game. How stoked are you? Completely stoked. All right, Dave, let me throw it out there, baby. We got the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, let's start this off with uh, the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes, who'll be the first quarterback in NFL history to start four conference championship games before turning 27 years old, dudes, having gone to four consecutive here. Um, the Chiefs obviously are there for for a good reason, and largely Patrick Mahomes is a huge part of that. Chiefs ranked third in the NFL in total offense at almost 400 yards a game, fourth in scoring at over 28 points a game, and fourth in passing. They're also, Casey, and this is huge in crunch time, the top third down offense in the NFL. Man. Yeah, man, squad. they don't even use third down all that often because they get so <laughs> many yards on first and second down. But, uh, you know, this team had to do a little soul searching after getting beat down in the Super Bowl last year. They mm -hmm. revamped that offensive line. And uh, at first it wasn't working. Mahomes was still like trying to go too far downfield. And then once he started taking what they were giving him, it kind of opened everything up. I mean, he's precision though. Last week, 33 of 44, that's 75%, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But what he also did with his legs was impressive last yeah. week, man. Mm -hmm. He kind of kept some of those drives going when there wasn't a lot there. And uh, now he's starting to get some other people involved, obviously Kelsey and Hill, but um, Jarek McKinnon's kind of come out of nowhere and been a yes. solid player when uh, Clyde was hurt. Now Clyde is getting healthy and back into this mix too, dude. Yeah, it's a nice tandem there. No question about it, Casey. And uh, we talked about, obviously everyone knows about Kelsey and Hill and their playmaking abilities. They just, It was all on display last week, no question. But the other guys uh, there, Pringle has really uh, also started to make a little more of a consistent appearance uh, in, in the offensive game plan as well. And like you said, with that... Um, offensive line kind of coming together throughout the course of the of the season you've talked a couple of times about the center the rookie center uh creed humphrey <laughs> and that dude uh has is quickly shaped into one of the top centers in the league and they were able unlike so many teams they were able to really put together in one off season a brand spanking new offensive line and have it gel and that's where we're at right now yeah, dude. And, um, you know, the thing that was holding those guys back earlier on in the season was all the turnovers. And they really uh, made an effort to clean that stuff up. And since they have, they've just, um, you know, they've looked dominant, you know, yeah. including last week. That was the number one ranked defense in the NFL uh, mm -hmm. going into that game. And Patrick Mahomes and that offense just shredded them. And then late in that game, they just took whatever the hell they wanted too. They sure did, man. It is... Uh... It is a sick offense when it is cranking, for sure. Yeah, so 42 points last week. Let's move it over to this uh, Bengals defense that only gave up 16 points last week. Yeah, the Bengals defense, fifth in the NFL in rush defense, just giving up over 100 yards per game rushing, but 26 versus the pass. So pretty scary situation heading against this very ultra-talented Patrick Mahomes-led passing attack. Yeah, and, you know, um, last week, A.J. Brown kind of got his. But other than that, that passing game 
wasn't really hurting the Bengals at all. They kept mm-hmm. it to the type of game that they want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, up front and the, and with the linebacking core, they had a, such a solid game. They really stifled that uh, running game from the Titans last week, other than the huge foreman carry. Other than that, it was yeah. really tough sledding for King Henry. So if you keep them into passing situations, it's kind of a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that wasn't uh, a huge strong point of them during the season, but uh, Cheeto coming over from the Cowboys had a really nice game. And Mike Hilton coming over from the Steelers um, played a phenomenal game last week too. had one of the, the big interceptions last week, but I was really impressed for the Bengals. Logan Wilson, man, that guy seemed to be everywhere last week in that game. Um, he did lead the, the team in tackles last week. So, um, you know, there's bits and pieces here. They just kind of got to keep it together, not give up the huge play. You know, yeah. Kansas and City can strike so quickly. No question. And, and and key here, Casey, I think, is is the way they approach the pass rush. Trey uh, Hendricks from the defensive end is their top uh, sack guy there with 14 sacks in the season. But when you're going after Patrick Mahomes, there's a there's a there's a you can't just go hog wild. You'll run right by him, and then and then he's bought himself a ton of extra time in the play. You have to have discipline going after him, and you have to stay in your lanes. You can't let him escape the pocket, and that's that's when things break down in your secondary and big plays happen. Yeah, all right, Dave. There's lots of big plays to be had on that Cincy side of the ball on offense as well. Yeah, so I'll get it started with Joe Burrow. He's been phenomenal in his sophomore year coming off that um, – Injury in his rookie season, he has really, really played exceptionally well. He'll be the first quarterback drafted first overall to start a conference championship game in his first two seasons. But Cincinnati, uh, they're a nice balanced offense. All these guys are under 26. It is 2,000-yard receivers in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, a 1,000-yard rusher in Mixon, and a 4,000-yard passer in Joe Burrow. Um, This offense is... Uh, something to be reckoned with for sure. Absolutely. You know, they couldn't get the run game going at all in the first half last week against the Titans, but they stuck with it. And that opening drive in the third quarter came down and resulted in a touchdown. They didn't abandon it. They didn't leave Joe back there um, just mm-hmm. to only throw. And that really helped. They're going to have to stay with that run game, um, obviously, because it's going to keep that Chiefs offense off the field. But that's such yeah. a huge part of what they like to do there. But Jamar Chase... Bro, he's coming off of 200-yard games in his first two playoff appearances. And him and Joe B, they just had that deadly combo. But T. Higgins, you mentioned, with 1,002, there are weapons of plenty um, for the Bengals, man. Yeah, no doubt. And Joe Mixon also, last week, 105 scrimmage yards. It was was balanced between rush and reception there uh, almost perfectly. So he's going to have to be like part of that run game kind of extension with those short passes and stuff. He's going to have to move the chains. Like you said, it's going to be important, obviously, for the Bengals to have. Obviously, they can score, but you want to also keep Patrick Mahomes on the bench uh, for as much as time period as possible. And that's where Mixon moving the chains there uh, one way or another uh, can certainly help. And like you said, Jamar Chase, can he seems like he can always get open and move the chains uh, uh, for this team as well. Yeah, dude. And last week, Zach Taylor took the field goals when they were there, didn't go on fourth down when he didn't need to. Uh, McPherson hit the four uh, field goals, including the game winner. It's probably going to be a little different strategy going to, up against these Chiefs this week, but they just beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago, so they're not going to yeah. be intimidated. Right. 
Yeah, and that was a legitimate win, and, and the Chiefs certainly are not going to come into this, um, you know, uh, overconfident by any stretch of the imagination. When we look at this Chiefs defense, in fact, they've, they're have they 27th in yards given up, 27th versus the path, 27, 21st versus the run, but just 8th in points given up, and they're pretty much of an average third-down defense. When we look at the defense at, over the course of the season, they had dug themselves a, a, a huge statistical hole early on when they were turning the ball over a lot early in the season, yeah. and they were finding their way um, on both sides of the football. And uh, Chris Jones may be out of position early in the season, et cetera, et cetera. This defense, though, for the second half of the season is much better than those statistics I just rattled off. Yeah, dude. And, the you know, the 30 plus points they gave up last week, we hadn't seen that in a long time out of the Chiefs defense. They lost Tyron Matthew last week to a concussion early on in that game. And that really, I think, affected how easily um, that the Bills were able to move on them. Hopefully he's back for this game so they can be um, at full strength. But uh, yeah. last week, Joe Burrow sacked nine times, man. That tells me that Chris Jones probably going to have a pretty good game. <laughs> this have, he's going to have an impact. No question about it, dude. And then Chris Jones is the game wrecker, basically. Um, if he gets loose and gets going, uh, you, you just you ruin your offense. As simple as that, you know. Um, and and they, when they brought the, the former Chaja and former Steeler Melvin Ingram in, also he gave him one more piece to move around in there, a guy that can get after the quarterback and kind of wreak havoc as well. And uh, yeah, like you said, if Matthew can't go in this game, uh, that will be a huge, huge loss because of his um, his instincts are off the charts. Um, his football IQ. Yeah, Dirty Dan's a good player, but he is no honey badger. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, Dave. Let's go to the NFC, bro. We got the San Francisco 49ers at our Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites at uh, Levi Stadium South. Yeah, let's start it off with Matthew Stafford, right? The guy that the Rams coughed up a handful of draft pick for, draft picks for in the golf trade. Certainly a couple of number ones thrown in there, but he can become the seventh quarterback ever to start a quarterback in his first season with a new team and the fourth uh, in this century, joining Tom Brady, Jake DeLome, and Trent Dilfer as guys that changed teams and then went to the Super Bowl, Casey. But let's talk about this offense for Los Angeles as a whole, because it is a good one. Uh, Sean McVay's Super genius has got these guys cranking their seventh in scoring offense at over 27 points a game, ninth in total offense at over 370 yards a game. They can move the football and they can put up points. Yeah, dude. And uh, this, this will be about how Matthew Stafford responds um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was now against these 49ers in week 18 had a chance to knock them out of the playoffs or up 17 yep. nothing and could not get it done wonder if that's going to come back to haunt him but he had his best game maybe of his career last week against these bucks especially late when it was on the line he came through you know not as easy to do when you're on detroit but a lot better when you are on the rams and right. the combination of him and Cooper Cup, dude, is unstoppable. Cup had like 1,200-yard receiving games this year. Man, that's bonkers. And yeah. he just – he runs such great routes. And the Stafford has all the faith in the world in him to, you know, find the spot and will throw it into traffic. But OBJ, dude, is going to have a big impact on this game. And he's really finding a nice niche on this Ram squad. Yeah, without a doubt, Casey. We talked earlier about how they acquired him 
for the Super Bowl run. That's what yeah. this, this team, this GM has been doing uh, with the Rams uh, here for years and bringing Stanford in, bringing every putting every resource out there that he can to get uh, players that are ready to go right now. And it's paying off for them uh, at, at this point in time. Can they take it all the way to the end? Unlike they were able to do a handful of years back when they fell um, in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But yeah, getting Odell Beckham, I mean, six catches uh, and 69 yards versus uh, Tampa Bay. And, you know, he, he early on in the game was the guy that was sort of m- really making the plays happen. And Higby also with a with a role early there. And then, of course, Cooper Cup just can't be held, <laughs> can't be held yeah. down. You know, it's, and it's, then you look at this rushing attack for the Rams, 30 carries last week, only 2.4 carries. So not great there. But right. I was surprised that Cam Akers got so many carries. He had 24 last week, obviously had the huge fumbles. Um, but just having that guy back in the mix, I expect him to bounce back from last week's performance. But Sonny Michelle only one touch last week. So I would expect to see him more involved in the run game moving forward. But hopefully McVay stays with it. We mentioned it two weeks ago in the the wild card game, 11 carries in the first quarter against the Cardinals. Let's see if they can stick with that. Yeah, Um, it's going to be interesting to see, dude, because on the other side of the ball, man, I don't know that there's a better defense uh, right now. These teams that remain than the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so they were ranked on the season fifth in total defense at 310 yards a game, sixth versus the pass and seventh versus the rush. So a very balanced and stout unit. And I think you're right. It feels like they're playing even better defense here towards the end of the season and now in this playoff run. Yeah, dude. And they sacked Dak and hit stacked Dak five times in the wild card, hit him 15. They Jeez. sacked Rodgers five times. I don't know how many hits on him, but there was constantly pressure in that backfield all day long and it that front four dude for these Niners is relentless bro yeah no question I mean obviously led by uh Nick Bosa but also Eric Armstead in there too um and even when you include the front seven the tackling machine which is Fred Warner uh they 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 just really really play the uh play the run tough and um yeah they they make it they're gonna make it real difficult on this Rams team to get the ground game going Absolutely, man. And they've beat these Rams six times in a row. So crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that favors the Rams. In this <laughs> They're Dude. Oh, man. Such an impressive defense. Um, they really, after that opening drive to the Packers last week, they shut them down. Shut it dude. down. The, yeah. The pack couldn't run and they couldn't throw. So impressed with them. And uh, we'll see what happens in this game. But Dave, let's go ahead and flip this over to uh, the Niners on offense. Yeah, we'll start it with Jimmy G. Um, he's going to try and join Hall of Famer Joe Montana as the only 49ers quarterbacks to win multiple NFC championships games. Joe won four, by the way, so Jimmy's got some work to do. But credit to Jimmy. This is the guy they were trying to get out of town, and they traded three number one picks to get a rookie quarterback. He kept them on the bench and played exceptionally well, despite having a banged-up uh, finger and thumb and everything, whatever it was. The San Francisco offense has performed very well under his leadership. Eighth in total offense at over 375 yard game uh, per game. And then um, uh, really they they definitely uh, have have a great, great run scheme. You know, the, 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 the run design, it seems like you can plug 
anybody in there. Uh, but they also found some people this year to plug in there. Yeah, totally. I want to just give Jimmy a little more love before we talk okay. about those cats, though. But just the way he handled that championship drive last week, man, tie ball game, he let his team down there. Like I said, when the cash is on the table, he got them down there, got them into field goal range. And uh, Robbie Gold, former Bears, loving sticking it to the Packers with his 20 for 20 <laughs> postseason field goals in his career. Credit to him, though. But, dude, you got to show uh, Kyle Shanahan some love for the way that he used Debo Samuel, not only oh, yeah. all season, but specifically last week in that game. He, This guy, dude is a difference maker and he can beat you anywhere of course out of the backfield and receiving but he was returning kicks last year or last week it's like whatever it takes to win the game shanahan did that and um debo bro i mean what more can you say about this guy yeah. i mean he's a he's a running back that plays wide receiver you can play him at running back you can play him uh, and just run him with a traditional run game you can do the 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 jet sweeps with him and uh when you get him open in open space and and um, Shanahan is so good at scheming guys into open space. So he knows how to put Samuel out there where he is very, very difficult to tackle. And then you got other guys, Brandon Ayuk, uh, last time these two teams played, not too long ago, right? 107 yards in that one. And Juwan Jennings, we talked about it, two receiving touchdowns in the last meeting. He sort of makes timely plays. He's that forgotten yeah. guy because you're busy uh, dealing with all kinds of other weapons uh, that he can uh, he can get you too. And of course, let's not forget Kittle. I mean, what can you say? Yeah. And Juice <laughs> comes out of there with a couple timely runs and catches. He had a big Super Bowl against the Chiefs uh, last year or, so, or two years ago. So it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of uh, offensive attack he has with these teams that know each other so well. Um, and he's probably going to get acquainted with this Rams defense that really picking it up too. Yeah, the Rams defense, uh, which was number one last year, wasn't really that this year, um, but they were ranked sixth in the NFL in rushing defense. And their defense did improve throughout the course of the season um, and is playing really good football right at this point in time. So um, this Rams defense is going to have their hands full with this 49ers uh, offense and, and running attack in particular. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, down the stretch when we came over, Von Miller wasn't even healthy when he got to the Rams, but they went ahead and dished for him, traded another pick, and now they're getting receiving like dividends, ROI, on yeah. that investment, though. He yeah. looked great last weekend. You Obviously, Aaron Donald up front. Um, you know, this, this defense has got a great pass rush. Can they hold up against that tough uh, rush offense for the uh, the 49ers, man. Yeah. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. That is it, because they are a pretty good run defense. And uh, I think, obviously, Shanahan and company, they are going to try and establish the run game. So um, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, even the, the guys like Jalen Ramsey uh, coming up to the line of scrimmage and making tackles. Like you, you got to tackle your guy to the ground. You know, the first guy's got to get him down yeah. uh, for this Ram squad. So yeah, three sacks last week and uh, five tackles for loss. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be anything surprising out of either of these teams. It's going to be who can execute and who could take care of the rock, man. It's yep. simple. Who, who can avoid the tragic mistake. And that's when, when we look at the Rams in the latter portion of the season, any of the games that they really didn't perform well in and the games they lost, there were lots of interceptions primarily and early in those games. So if 
if Stafford can just avoid the pick early in the game, he tends to heat up as the game gets going and their offense gets uh, ramped up. And as long as they haven't dug themselves a hole in the turnover margin, um, then this should be a real close game. No doubt about it. I mean, they're plus two on the year. The, uh, the Niners are minus four on the year. So you expect it to be a pretty tight game where one turnover might make a huge difference. Yeah, dude, in week 18, uh, when these teams met up at SoFi, it sounded and looked like a Niners home game. It was Oof. bonkers how yeah. loud and red it was. Is that going to be the case on Sunday? I know that they were limiting ticket sales at the beginning yeah. to uh, L.A.-based zip codes. They kind of put the kibosh on that, so it'll be interesting to see um, – what the crowd share is on Sunday. Yeah, I did read an article that said that some of the secondary ticket markets, the uh, companies that peddle the tickets um, would, were, were, I don't know how they were getting this, this, this information necessarily, but they estimated 65% of the fans would be 49ers fans um, in SoFi Stadium. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, when you live in Los Angeles, every, every you know football team has got plenty of fans here. Nope. Yeah, I even heard uh, Matt Stafford's wife is buying up tickets and trying to give them to deserving L.A. Rams fans with good stories, military <laughs> stories, whatever. Yeah, so uh, trying to get that even now. Oh, man, that is going to be an awesome game. Hopefully these games can live up to the legacy Last that the week. divisional round left yeah. because I don't remember a more insane weekend of football ever. So yeah, good. I, mean, I certainly hope Sunday uh, is the payoff here and uh, – we get uh, two deserving teams uh, to face off in this year's Super Bowl. Oh, man, it is going to be <laughs> epic. Epic, I tell you. Hey, make sure you don't ever miss another episode of The Trend Zone. That's the podcast you're listening to right now. It is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever the hell you get your podcasts. Yeah, and don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at FootballDudesLA. And make sure you tag us on all of those social media platforms. Or just go to FootballDudes.com. All right, that is going to do it for this conference championship weekend episode of the Trend Zone. For Dave, I'm Casey. We are out of here. Enjoy the games, people.